You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. It's good to be here, good to be uh, able to share the Word of God in the pulpit. Uh, I said in the first service, it's good to have pastors back with their families and um, just it's good that they can get away to do what they were doing, just, just reconnect with each other, with the Lord, not that we're disconnected from God, but yeah. Um, so anyway, so he, he said we're doing powerful prayers, and uh, the first week uh, the, was 4th of July, Pastor Mike Jones, with a prayer from Ephesians, he told us that we are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. He also said that Jesus is far above everything and anything that could ever come against us on the earth and in this life. Then last week, Pastor Rocky Nichols uh, said at the beginning of his message uh, that the, the one takeaway he wanted us to remember was this. He said that your most powerful prayers will be those prayers that, are, that you pray for other people while you yourself are in pain. The most powerful prayers that you will be, be those prayers that you pray for other people while you yourself are in pain. And I had a little fun with him in the first service. If you were here last week, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, his title and the length of his sermon. The title was a little long because he used alliteration, he called it, which means to use one letter through the whole title. But on the other hand, it was confusing and a bit of a tongue twister. It was this, powerful prayers the Apostle Paul perpetually prayed from prison predominantly paraphrased and now post-dominously presented. And then he said this, the rule of thumb he goes by is the message is directly proportional to the title, <laughs> which means really long. So I kindly reminded him in the first service, uh, I interrupted him, actually it was really rude of me, but, and, and again, uh, between the services, because I think he forgot, and then I reminded him in the middle of the second service that we have kind of a time limit to these. It, it doesn't have to be everlasting to be eternal uh, kind of a thing. So 10, 15, and 12, 15. So then he changed the title of his message to powerful prayers. As Pastor Ben mentioned, today I'm going to talk about a prayer of strength. We're going to address the subject of how do we learn to pray with power, with passion, in a way that we would grow in our intimacy with God. And I need all your help. Help me out right now. And um, I don't want to put you, I don't want to, uh, what, what's the word? Anyways, I don't want to um, trap you in this. <laughs> I want you to, to at home to participate too. Um, how many of you would say, I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, and yet I probably don't pray as much as I should? How many? Yeah, that's a lot of hands. Yep. Um, why is it that we know that we have a good God who answers the prayers of his children, yet so many of us don't pray as much as we should? I think there are probably several reasons why. Some people honestly don't really know how to pray. We lack the confidence in thinking, are we doing it right? You know, some people, some of you may actually get bored while you're praying. I hate to actually admit this in public as a pastor, but I've been known to rather often fall asleep while I'm praying. Um, how many of you have ever done that before? Uh, there's some liars out there. <laughs> no, just teasing, no liars here at the church. No, um, but thank you for those hands. You can be set free like me in the name of Jesus. How insulting is that to God, though? You know, it's like, God, please, I'm sleeping, you know. 
And, oh, he answered, I hope he answers that prayer, I'm gone. You know, how bad is that? A lot of you, you're, you're probably like me as well, and you, you can pray a little bit like an ADD-type prayer. You know, I have great intentions, and I'm like, dear God, I'm praying for a miracle. Miracle whip makes me think about a sandwich. I'm hungry. It, what's, what's that shiny thing? Where did that come from, you know? Um, you know? How do I lose focus in one sentence? It, it, in, in, it's just the way it can be. Then sometimes um, in our Wednesday night prayer meetings, you know, if you've ever been to them, um, you hold hands with people, you know. I always seem to be unequally yoked with the people I'm holding hands with. On one hand, it's this, this guy that has this clench on your hand. It's like the, the hard hold um, hand holder. And the more he prays, the more he gets into the tighter he squeezes your fingers until the blood's like run out of your fingertips. And then over here, it's like you got dead fish guy, you know. It's like, oh, would you give me something here. Um, is, is that thing alive that I'm holding? Um, and, and it's kind of clammy, too. You probably had those before as well. I'd rather you be hot or cold than be, be warm, dead fish, pran hair guy. So anyways, I'm just venting a little bit um, in public. But sometimes you'll get intimidated when, when someone prays good. How many of you have ever been there with this, this guy? Man, he's hitting it all. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like Moses' little brother all of a sudden showed up at the prayer meeting, and he's quoting scripture like, Dear God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you said in Deuteronomy 28 that we're blessed coming in, we're blessed going out. We're, we're the head, not the tail. And, you know, they're, they're, they're just calling down angels and, and binding demons and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, dude, that's good. You know, I'm thinking if I were God, I would answer that prayer. You know, it's so good. You don't, you don't want to ever be competitive when it comes to prayer stuff, but uh, I want to speak for the ladies, but as guys, sometimes we are competitive. And so I'm like, okay, I can't let him out pray me, you know. But I was a brand new Christian trying to, to pray it up. I'm like, God, you said in your word you are Jehovah Nisan. And, and God, you're so good. God, you're good to the last drop. Thank you, God. You're, you're like a good neighbor. You're always be there. I love your word, Lord. Your word is good. It melts in your mouth, not in your hands. I thank you, God, that your blood is thicker than water. And I don't know, but uh, I'm trying anything I can to stay in this prayer game. And I don't feel adequate um, about my prayer life. I don't know if you ever have frustrations like, like that in your prayer life or you've lost all respect for me as a pastor in the last three minutes. I don't know. But what I want to do today is really get, let God do a work in us and teach us and move us to pray with power and with passion. And I want to start with what I believe are two big prayer mistakes that so many of us tend to make. And if you're taking notes, the first one of these big prayer mistakes is our prayers are often too small. Our prayers are often too small. And the second one, our prayers are often too general. When we pray to God, I believe so many of us, our prayers are really too small and, and they are too general. To someone, sometimes I think God must honestly be a little bit frustrated with the lack of faith that many of us may have in what we pray for. For example, I think a lot of people pray like this, God, thank you for this day. I pray you bless me or bless so-and-so. And sometimes I wonder if God isn't up there going, have you looked at where you live? I mean, in the part of the world you're in, you're blessed. 
and I don't mind blessing you, or, or we like, God, just, just be with us today. And God said, oh, I said in my word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Um, or we pray, God, give us traveling mercies as we go today. God's like, okay, easy. Give me something big. In other words, I wonder if God doesn't ever say, like, ask me for something that will help show off my glory when I answer it. Why is it you're kind of understanding, the, undercutting the power of God who said, with me all things are possible? I wonder if the lack of specificity and the breadth of possibility ever insults the heart of God. I could do so much more, he says, if you would just have faith to ask me. Many of us, we pray very small and very general prayers. I'm going to encourage you to pray big and specific prayers. Because general prayers do not move God to specific actions. I'm going to say that again because many of you missed the power of that moment. General prayers do not move God to specific actions. And James said, we do not have because we do not ask. And what I want to do is I want to ask God for the very specific requests and have the faith to believe that he can do things that otherwise would be impossible to ever see. When all of a sudden we do see them and then there's no, no one that can deny it, that must have been by the hand of God because it would have taken God to pull off something like that. You ever seen those kind of miracles, those kind of answered prayers? But I want, pray, I want to pray big, faith-filled, specific, and passionate <laughs> prayers. In fact, I'll give you an example of one such prayer. I love to read other people's prayers because it helps me and inspires me to teach me to pray uh, even better. This is a crazy story about Martin Luther, who is the father of the Reformation. He had a friend named Friedrich Myconius, who was his colleague and, and kind of an assistant and served Luther as he was undergoing the, the enormous task of reforming the church in the 1500s. Well, in 1540, Myconius, his assistant, fell deathly ill and was on his deathbed. And Myconius wrote this letter, this farewell letter, to Luther, saying, The end is near. I believe in your work, and I want to help, but my time on this earth is done. I love you, and some of those sort of things. And Luther wouldn't stand for it. And instead of praying a safe little you know, may the Lord be with you and comfort you as you go from this life to the next and all that. He prayed a massive, specific, faith-filled prayer and wrote this in a letter back to his friend Myconius. This is what Luther wrote. He said this, I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. Wow. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. In other words, live longer than he does. For this I am praying because I seek only to glorify the name of God. Boom. <laughs> That's a big and specific prayer. What's even crazier is Myconius had already lost the ability to speak. And evidently he was really close to death. When he heard this letter, it engaged his faith. And miraculously, the guy was supernaturally healed. He lived for six more years and guess when he died. Two months after Luther died. That's how a specific response to a specific faith-filled prayer by a man who had big enough faith to believe that all things are possible with God. Okay? We're going to learn to pray this way um, to tap into the power of God. 
What we're going to continue to do today is look at a text the Apostle Paul wrote. Uh, the, the, if you knew Paul, uh, Pastor Rocky talked a little about he had both names, Paul and Saul. One was Jewish, one was his Christian name. And depending on who, where he was, they called him one or the other. He was a guy that persecuted Christians. He killed Christians. He hated Christians. But then he met the grace of Jesus, was transformed and so he would start churches and kind of build them up and then get, go to start more churches. And then he would write letters to them. He wrote a big portion of the New Testament. We're going to be looking at what's known as the Pauline epistles or prison epistles. If you want to impress your friends, just say in church we're studying the Pauline epistles. If they ask you what that, say, I don't know what those are. Um, just uh, the guy at church said it, the pastor. Kind of seminary language to impress your friends. Not that that's the goal. But when Paul would pray in his epistles for the churches, he kind of prayed the same way over and over again. And I want you to really hear this. What he would say is he would say, I pray, and then he would say what he was praying for. And then you'll see it again. He'll say, I pray for blank, so that. And then he gives the reason why he's praying over and over and over again. When Paul prays, you'll see, he says, I'm praying for this, so that this would happen. We're going to learn to pray for uh, the very things he prayed for, and we're going to learn uh, to be inspired by God to pray on purpose, with purpose. God, for this very reason, I ask you to do this so that this will happen in the world. The prayer we're going to look at today is found in Ephesians chapter 3. Paul wrote this prayer around the year 60 AD from a Roman prison to the churches in Ephesus, and he started his prayer this way. He says, for this reason I do what? Help me out. For this reason I kneel before the Father with whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. He said, for this I kneel. Now when you pray, it's important to know you can pray in any posture that you feel comfortable praying with. You can pray standing. You can pray sitting. You can pray lying down as long as you don't fall asleep. You can pray while you're driving. If you pray while you're driving, do what Jesus said and watch and pray, okay? Don't close your eyes while you're driving. You can pray kneeling. What, what's interesting is for a Jewish man, the most natural way to pray um, in Paul's day was to pray standing with your hands uplifted toward heaven. But in this particular prayer, uh, Paul decided to kneel before God in, in a prayer. And I would encourage you to just vary the postures of your prayer based on the intent, the heart, and the need of the prayer. For example, when I kneel before God, there's something in me that, that just says, God, I'm giving you due reverence. In other words, I'm worshiping you. I'm acknowledging my weakness. I'm acknowledging your strength. And kneeling is a great way to do this. It shows reverence. I also, whenever something I'm really petitioning God for, I kneel. It helps me focus, and it's, very, um, it's a very valuable way to do it. You might try kneeling this week as you're praying. He says, for this reason I kneel before my Father. In verse 16, he says, I pray. Everybody say, I pray. He says, I pray that out of God's what? Out of his glorious riches. Okay, let's stop there for a minute. Out of his glorious riches. When Paul is praying, he's recognizing that his heavenly Father has spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms available to
to his children. I'm praying to a glorious, rich God. I pray out of his glorious riches. Early in Ephesians, Paul had said this. He said, I thank my God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realms. He was saying God has already made available to us every possible spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. This is the God to whom I pray. I pray that God, out of his glorious riches, in Philippians 4, if you remember, it says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches. We serve an infinitely spiritually rich Heavenly Father, and yet so many of us are living like spiritually impoverished children. We serve a God who has every spiritual blessing available to us in the heavenly realms. He desires to give us those blessings. And we're often praying small and general prayers. You ask specific faithful prayers and God delights in blessing his children with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realms. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may do what? Let's say it aloud. That our God may strengthen you with power. Okay, with power. That he may strengthen you, say it again, with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now why did he say that? Pray that. You know, the reason is so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. There's the first time we're going to see this pattern. I pray so that. He says, I pray that God may strengthen you with power. That God may strengthen you with power. The Greek word translated as power, you may have heard this before, is the word dunamis. We get our word dynamite from this word. It's the, it means the explosive, miraculous power of God. It's not like human power. It's the power of God. I pray that he may strengthen you with dunamis, with supernatural power. It's available to you. Now, we all need power. The dunamis, the power of God, I honestly need it. I, I desperately need the power of God um, in my preaching, in leading worship. I need it in my marriage. I need the power of God in my parenting. Even though I have grown kids, guess what? You still parent, right? Uh, any out there have grown children out there? Uh, i got to still wipe their nose. I'll, I'll just stop there. Um, grandparenting, uh, I need help with that. I need the power of God to overcome temptation. I'm not sure about any of you, but that continues to take me down year after year after year that I should be beyond by now. I need the power to stand strong against spiritual opposition. I need more than I have in the physical realm. I need power. And you need power. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches that my God would strengthen you with dunamis, with power. It's available to you, and yet so many of us are not tapping into what's available to us. Let me give you a couple of examples. First one, let me get a drink. <laughs> my pastor always said nobody likes a dry preacher. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's usually the result he got to. Um, the first one is before my wife Terry and I recently moved to Crystal, Michigan, to our cottage full-time, which we did in December, we were trying to figure out um, some of the things, and we were transitioning, so we stayed at, a, at an apartment, and we went to my daughter's house, and we went back to an apartment, and um, we hadn't been in an apartment since we were both in college. One of the things that's nice about an apartment is, for the first time in our 40-plus years of marriage, we had central air conditioning. Oh, man. I loved it. I loved it. My wife hated it. 
Um, I mean, how do you decide what the temperature is set at, right? She does. Yeah, you're right, Pastor Ben. She does is what he said. Um, well, I can't solve the problem this morning. It's way too complicated and controversial. It's not really what I'm here to talk about, <laughs> although it's, it's a good one. I like your answer. It's good. So the other thing is the apartment had a garbage disposal, and I had never had one of those either. I think my wife did as a, as a young girl, but you put the vegetables in, you put the scrapings or, or the, the holes of the strawberries in there, you run water in a sink, turn the disposal on it, whoosh, it goes down the drain, right? Pretty cool. You wonder where it goes, but yeah. Um, well, anyway, one day the disposal stopped working, and I never had one before. I looked at the fuse to see if there was a problem. Nope, it wasn't a circuit breaker. I looked underneath to see if the plug that was underneath there was working, plugged the light in, light goes on and off. I'm thinking it's working. Um, well, I did something we don't like doing as a man. I called the maintenance man, and uh, he came over, and he kneeled down, and he grabbed this thing, this little L-shaped tool, and he gets underneath, and he goes, <laughs> turns it back and forth, and he turns the switch on, and whoosh, just turns right back on like it's brand new, you know. And I'm thinking, you know, the tool was this far away from where I, I needed it. I just didn't know what it was for. You know, how stupid I was, I just didn't know that. Uh, easy fix. So that far away, and he had that tool, and we had power again. Second example, when I was in college a couple years ago, well, maybe 39 or 40 years ago, I had some friends who lived off campus. And I know today it's a little bit different in college. Sorry about that. Um, but this house was built in the 1900s which is really cool because if you lived off campus back then, it was considered so much cooler than living in the dorm rooms. I lived in the dorm rooms. Like I said, this house was built in the 1900s, and it hadn't been, like, updated very much since then either, okay? So the first time I went over to my friend's house, and um, I didn't say this in the first service, we were there for uh, broadcast electronics technology, so we're not, like, novices at electricity, but, which makes this even more funny. Um, but their house, we, we were in the living room, and I saw this extension cord running from the back of the TV into the kitchen. I asked my friend, whose name was Party Marty, which may have been part of the problem, um, why there was an electric cord running from the living room to the kitchen. He said, well, um, the electric outlet behind the TV doesn't work, and so in order to watch TV, you know, whenever there's really nobody here, um, I take this orange cord, I unplug the, the refrigerator, and we plug this in, only for, only for a short time, um, and the plug, it, you know, it, it works great. I said, well, that's crazy. And then I flipped the switch on the wall and said, well, what does this switch do? He says, nothing at all. I, we, we could never figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and most of you have figured it out, right? <laughs> it, it turned electrical outlet behind the wall. So this far away from a tool, you know, one little twist, one little light switch, all the power was available to it, and we never tapped into the power. I came to tell somebody there's more power available to you through the Holy Spirit out of the glorious riches of God if you call on him, if you will ask him for it. Paul says, I pray not that you be blessed and saved, but that you'll have power so that the presence of Christ may dwell within your heart. You know, in verse 17 he continues, says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Man, if I'm going to be rooted in everything, I want to be established in, in Jesus Christ's love, amen? That you being rooted and established in love may have what? <laughs> Somebody help me out. Give me a big one now. That you may have power. Thank you. Power together with all the Lord's holy people to what? 
You need power to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. We're not going to do that in the natural. It's got to be supernaturally revealed to us. Now, why do we need power to, to know how much God loves us? Because you need to know that his love surpasses knowledge. All right? You don't figure it up up here. Our, our minds are too finite and, and small. If any of you ever looked on and you think, why do they have something they seem to be more spiritual. You know, why, why do they have, to, they seem to have more peace than I have? And why is it they seem to have just that calm assurance? Um, why do they seem to have something that I don't have? The answer might be because they have something you don't have. <laughs> Pretty obvious, huh? They have all that God has available to them, and this comes from a supernatural understanding of the love of God. And this is what's crazy. You, can, you cannot naturally understand God's love, as I said. It must be supernaturally revealed. Our finite minds do not have the capacity on our own to comprehend just how much God loves us. And that's why, parents, one of the most important prayers uh, that you can pray for your children is that God would give them the power to, to understand how much he loves them. Okay? Suddenly when their approval comes from God, they don't need the approval of people, their classmates. They're not sucked into the temptations of the world, by, but they stand strong in the approval of God. Uh, they're not living for the approval of people, they already have the approval of God. And that's why spouse is one of the best things you can pray for your spouse, for, uh, is that he or she would have the power to understand how much God loves them. Then they will be drawn immediately to, into a loving relationship with God and be totally transformed. And, and this is the knowledge is not something that is naturally understood. It has to be supernaturally revealed. And that's why anytime I talk about the love of God, um, I fail miserably. I, I don't have the vocabulary, nobody really does, to give his love justice. With God, uh, love is not what he does. Love is who he is. It's the essence of God. God is love. God is love. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. When you recognize uh, that that's who he is, then you stand with the strength of there's nothing I can do to make him love me more. There's nothing I can do to make him love me less. He doesn't love me because of what I do. He loves me because of who he is. And when that overtakes me, suddenly Christianity is not something I do on a Sunday. It's the essence of who I am. I am a, a follower of Christ. I have the power that dwells within me. Let me say that again. I have the power that dwells within me so that Christ lives in my inner being. Suddenly I'm not living for the lower things of this world. I'm not drawn down by Facebook or social media of any kind because I have power. That's why sometimes you, you meet people who are like, well, how do you stay so calm? I mean, they just gave you a bad doctor's report, but you just have the supernatural peace. There's just this peace about you. You know how? They got power. They have power. They flipped a switch. They twisted a deal. They're, there's power coming to them. Other people, we are living underneath a spiritual, glorious, rich father, and yet we're living like spiritually impoverished children because 
we haven't tapped in to what he has available for us in the heavenly realms. One of the most important prayers that you can pray for those you love, that they may have power to understand just how much God loves them. In fact, um, someone asked a famous trumpeter, Louis Armstrong, one time uh, to explain jazz. And Louis tells us about jazz. Um, he says, can you explain it? You know what Louis said? He said, if you have to ask, you'll never know. <laughs> if you have to ask, you never know. Another time he answered this way, if you got to explain it, you ain't got it. So if you have to explain the love of God, it could be that you haven't been immersed in it yet or you haven't been overcome by it yet. In fact, I'm, I'm really praying that there are many in our church and in the body of Christ who would really have a deeper, more meaningful spiritual encounter with the Holy God. That it wouldn't be just, I'm singing a song in church, but I'm like I'm dwelling in the presence of God in the midst of worship. I'm hearing his voice. His spirit is guiding me. When I'm reading his word, it's like it's jumping off the page at me, giving me encouragement or convicting me away from my sins or leading me into the right places. I'm having the faith to do things it, it would seem impossible to do otherwise. It's a little bit like Charles Finney, who was a famous evangelist in the 1800s. He was a follower of Jesus, but then he had even a deeper encounter with God. And here's how he described it. He said, The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a matter that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel like I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come, and here's the part I want you to notice. He said, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. Waves and waves of liquid love, for I couldn't, could not express it any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. He says it came in waves and waves of liquid love. To me, you know, this is a beautiful picture of the love of God. I pray I really do that you have supernatural power to understand how much God loves you and that it would be like waves. Just when you think that you understand it, more waves come. When you think you even get a little glimpse of it, more comes. Waves and waves and waves of love. Then one day you start to change in your life because... Maybe for years you've been dissatisfied. You know, you've always wanted more, and yet you have so much. Um, for years, maybe you've battled depression, feelings of loneliness or inadequacy. Suddenly those things start to melt away. Why? Because the power of God is dwelling within you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead takes up residency inside you. Your identity is not based on what you have or what you do, but on what God thinks about you. And there is this deep assurance of his love because it's not naturally learned, it's supernaturally revealed. Therefore, you're never the same. And guess what? Your prayers change too. When, when you know how much God loves you and when his power dwells within you, your prayers aren't, keep us safe, God, and bless this food, be with us. And yeah, that's all I can think of right now. Amen. You know, you're praying for big things. Big things. You're, you're, you're never praying, God, just keep my kids safe today. Keep them off drugs. No, no. God, raise up my children to be spiritual leaders in their school. God, may they stand for the glory of Jesus. 
I pray they would be bold in their faith, that they would be leaders in their faith. You're praying specific and big prayers for your children. You're never praying, God, help me with the bills this month. Just help me get them paid. No, you're praying, God, you promised me that I would never beg for bread, that you would be blessing me as I come in and go out, that you were going to provide for all my needs according to your riches and glory. I believe, God, that I, that I will be able to be massively generous and be a blessing to others who are in need today. That's how much you will bless me. So you start out say, saying before that you just need your money for your bills. Then you start focusing on others bigger than what you have. I don't have that in here, God, but I know you're going to bless me to allow me to do that. Or this might be one for some of you wives. Oh, God, God, I, I pray for my husband who's a jerk. Make him less of a jerk if you can. <laughs> if you can. No, no, no. Listen to this. God, touch the heart of my husband. God, I pray that he would bow his knees in full surrender to your son, Jesus. And he would stand up a fully devoted follower of Jesus. A man after God's own heart. That our family would be different because he leads us to the things of God. And he is close to Jesus, hearing from his word. That generations would be different because my husband will be fully belong to you. That's a prayer of faith. Your prayer, big prayers. You pray specific prayers. You believe in a God who says all things are possible with me. Then your faith grows and it grows and it grows because you have the power of the risen Christ dwelling inside of you. Let me show you how Paul wraps this thing up. He basically says that you may be full. The full measure of all God has for you. I know I'm not walking in that. I need to walk in that. The full measure of what he has for me. In verse 20, it's almost like an anthem. He says, now to him, now to Christ, who is able to do how much, he says, who is able to do immeasurably more. In other words, you can't even measure how much he's able to do. Now to him is who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. The greatest thing that you can think of you can picture in your mind, our God can do more. The greatest thing that you could dream up, our God, he can do more. According to his what? According to his power. He's at work here, within us, within you. That's where his power is. Okay? You are not on your own. When, when you are weak, his power is made perfect in you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church, the church that he loves, the bride of Christ, and the church and in, in, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. You see the faith in that prayer? This isn't God help us through the day, help us through the week. This is many generations may be different. Why? Because you can do exceedingly and abundantly more immeasurably more than we ask, think, or imagine. Who has that kind of faith? Someone who has the power of God dwelling within them. I believe with all my heart this church will be filled with people whose lives who have been touched by the power of God and have the faith to believe big things and even bigger things and for God to do the impossible. 
He can do all things. When he does, we're going to tell everybody, okay? It's only because God showed up and, and showed off that that happened. May he get the glory for generations and generations to come. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of your son, Jesus, that you administer to people this morning. And God, I pray that out of your riches and glory that you may strengthen this church with power, that Christ may dwell within our hearts. I pray, God, that they would have power to know how much you love them so that they could glorify you in all they do. Today I just have a couple of questions. Nobody looking around. This is between you and God. Those of you who would say, you know, Doug, I'm with you for this next seven days. I'm praying Ephesians 3. I'm praying it for myself. I'm praying it for those I love. I'm praying it for power. How many of you this morning with, with me in this, doing this the next seven days, praying through Ephesians 3? How many out there? Thank you. Next question I want to ask is, how many of you right now, there's something big and something specific that you want to believe God for? Would you lift your hands up right now? Something big and something specific. You can put it back down again. Father, today I pray that over the next seven days, as we seek you for power, that you would release the spiritual blessings that you have stored up for us, ready to give to us in heavenly places, and we would begin to see the reality of your power in our daily lives. God, I pray for those that, that we love, that they would have the power to know how much you love them. I pray, God, that we would see a difference in the lives of the people that we love because you are revealing your supernatural love to them. God, for those who are going to believe you for the impossible, I ask God that you would continue to build their faith that in all things are possible. And when those little voices come, and they will, that say, God, he doesn't really care, or God won't do that for you, or we just continue to believe in the faith. God, if you do answer our prayers, we will praise you. If you don't answer our prayers in the way that we want you to, we will praise you. Because we don't come to you for what you can do for us, but we come to you because we need you and we want to know you. Build the faith of this body of Christ that we would experience the true power of the resurrected Christ dwelling within us. And as you, came, as you continue to pray this morning, there's some of you, and I want you to listen very carefully, some of you, you are one prayer away from changing the course of your destiny. And I'm talking those here in the sanctuary and those online. You're one prayer away from changing the course of your destiny. And, and many of you, you can kind of sense that right now in your spirit because there's something happening spiritually that's drawing you toward the things of God. Some of you right now, you're not a church person. You're not religious. Some of you, you may be religious. You may have been there for a little while, but you've kind of veered off the path. But right now, there's something drawing you to God. And yet, there may be a reservation or question, you know, what is this? I don't know quite enough yet, or I'm still not good enough. Listen, God wants you to come exactly the way you are. That's how good he is. Some of you right now, he's, he's just now starting to reveal a glimpse of his love to you, that he loves you so much that he came a person 
God in the flesh in the form of his son, Jesus, who is perfect in every way and without sin. Jesus went to the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, died and rose again on the third day. Why? So that anyone who calls on his name would be saved, forgiven, and made new. There's some of you this morning that uh, you are here now or like watching on Facebook. You are one prayer away, one prayer of surrender, one prayer of repentance, of changing the course of your destiny, and you know it. Those of you who would say, yes, that's me. Yes, I need forgiveness. Yes, I need his grace. Yes, today I turn toward him. I surrender my whole life by faith. I give him my life today. If that's your prayer, if anybody in here or at home, you raise your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Maybe you're there, you're, you're sitting there and you're leaning into it. You say, well, forget this pride. I'm doing it right now. Anybody that's going to give their heart to the Lord. Amen. Would you all repeat after me? Let's pray together. Pray, Heavenly Father, I come to you today to give you my whole life. I need your forgiveness through your Son, Jesus. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Spirit that I would have power to know you, to serve you, to follow you. My life is not my own. God, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. of your word. Thank you for the power that we can tap into. And Lord, thank you for the truth that you can do more according to your word and according to your power. And so Lord, today, I, as we leave, I charge us to pray big prayers, to pray specific prayers, to lean in on you, Jesus and to trust, and Lord, that you would just bolster our faith today for the future. And Lord, I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us, and give us an incredible week in your presence. We thank you for this. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Thanks, Pastor Doug. Incredible message we want to apply this week. Thank you for being here. Go in the grace of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.